when we lost you. Me? Yeah, what'd you yeah. say? I was just saying you should buy the circular light. I bought a streaming light, like what the streamers have, to put it up for the podcast. It really works. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Sounds pretty gay to me. Have you watched the show you're a part of? <laughs> I have. <laughs> Let me rephrase. When I say gay, I mean four happy guys. Happy. Gay yeah. isn't happy. Yeah. That's what I mean, I'm not being offensive. Yeah. I'm not talking shit about anybody. My cousin, I love you, man. It's not about you. It's just we're happy dudes. That's what I meant. I was raised in a different era. Sorry. Hey, dog. Dog. Don't do yeah. that. You, you don't have to apologize for that. Welcome to Brothers from Other Mothers, a progressive show. Clearly. I told you, we're going to get sued by flow, man. I used to have a buddy. Um, he worked with me, and he get, he would get migraines really bad. And I want to say the medicine was like phenobarbital or something. They had to give him. He would get migraines so bad that he would just start getting massive nosebleeds. Mm. Like... It, used to, it would freak me out. We'd be at work, and That's he, would just, he would just start pouring blood out of his nose. He's like, oh, my head. Mm. And they'd have to give him, like, these shots. I think that was the whole idea, was just to kind of shut his brain down and, you know, put him out. Because, I mean, it only happened maybe twice a year, but I can remember twice at work, dude, just turning behind me. He'd be pale as a ghost, and the blood would start running, and he'd just fall over. And you're like, um, you know, we're 19 years old. I'm like, what do I do? And he'd snap out of it a little bit. Like, you gotta call my mom. How is he doing today? He's a he's a firefighter. He's brave. He's brave. I don't know that that's the word I would use. Fuck up, dog. Uh, my wife knows Skippy. I don't think she Good. would embrace. Now, now, now we're making fun of firefighters. Good fucking job, Doug. Now, <laughs> now we are. Now we are completely fucked. Well, he's also an EMS person as well. So, yeah. okay. he's, a hero. He's, he's not, brave. He's not ever... just brave. He's a goddamn American hero. Are you do you ever see people protest firefighters? No, because they're brave. They do their goddamn jobs. <laughs> I, I, I guarantee you the Westboro Baptist Church has protested firefighters. I'm going to bet we do great with the I'm pretty sure they protested themselves at one point because they were born what? on a Saturday oh, afternoon. Fuck, man. I had like two different robot voices going on. I was just saying, I bet you we do really great with the Westboro Baptist demo. Are they still a thing? Yeah, I think they are still a thing, but I think their demo thing. was literally just their own congregation. Yeah, I don't think anybody gives a fuck anymore, especially after the pandemic bullshit. So I go downtown, because that's, you know, where you pick up half these drunken buffoons, and uh, one lady walks out, and I'm in the middle of the street, and she's got my car door open, and then she opens another car door, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? She's like, there's four of us. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Great, you're awesome. <laughs> There's four of you drunken buffoons. And two come out. Like, she's like, where's the other two hoes? I'm like, I don't know where your hoes are. And then the other girl goes to get said hoes. And she's like, great. Now there's three bitches coming back and we're ready to go. These are all her words. They get in the car and the last one's like, what is wrong with you? I was trying to fuck that bartender. 
And for 30 minutes, I have to hear this drunken woman screaming about how she wanted to bang this bartender. And the other one's like, you didn't have a shot. You're old and your vag is dried up. And at that point, I took that as a cue. I turned over to my radio and I turned on WAP really, really loud. And the woman beside me was like, that was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of segues into how I was going to start. At the age of, I'm going to be 41 in like three weeks. If I'm looking at the calendar, yeah, like three weeks, no, four weeks. I'm sorry, about four weeks. I'm going to be 41. Do you guys like still come ropes, or is it just kind of dribble out now? What? So virile as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shooting it like a fountain. What the fuck is wrong with you? I. I'm, can I tell you, I've been thinking about his response specifically for like the last I know, hour. I was going to do that. I know you're going to freeze frame his face from his response. Um, oh, I love you. I, think, I love I, you, John. I think the I one thing we're, we're just passing by over Bob's story, uh, I just want to take it back to listening to his story. It made me think of the scripture. According to Kodak Black, uh, <laughs> pimping ain't easy. <laughs> Fair, very good. Huh. So my next passenger, John, knows you. Uh-oh. Yeah, so I said, we were talking about drinking, and I told him about the drunk girls, and he's like, yeah, bitches be crazy. <laughs> That's what he said. His name, I, his name I can't pronounce. Nice nice dude. Uh, African-American man. Um, he's like, you ever been to the grill? I'm like, <laughs> I have. I used to bar back there. And he's like, huh. And then he told me this horrible story of things he saw there involving a 60-year-old woman, a transvestite, and a guy that happened in the corner. And then they took it outside. And he's like, they started having an orgy on the... It was 2 a.m. And he's like, they started just fucking outside on the front of the grill. And Ryan was beating on the glass yelling, let me in. It stinks so bad out here. <laughs> and Dan wouldn't let him in. Does any of this ring a bell to you? No, but if it was Ryan and Dan, that I never worked with Ryan and Dan oh. at the same time. That's absolutely... I don't, I don't know very, Dan. But, I, but I'm very, very curious as to who this guy was and how he knew me. Was this one of my old dealers? I don't know, dude. He he worked at Stevie Tomatoes. That's all I know. Like at a casino, John? At... Like a card dealer? Yeah, the one way in, way out on Pine Island, dude. No, Paul. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. But he said he he went. He said he hung out at the grill all the time. Okay. So he said he he knew your name. Maybe it was just from them talking about you. But he mentioned Dan more than anybody. As an outsider, the big revelation yeah. there that I found interesting, John. Uh, and I'm looking for some inside baseball here. You worked at TGI Fridays? Mm. Uh, yeah, out and off for a lot of years. I was actually like a coach and a trainer. I was with that company for for a long time, both in Chicago and in Florida. He oh. had all the fucking flair. Awesome. Yeah, he I did. did. I, need you, I need you to clue me in on something real quick. How is it? Sure. How is it that the potato skins from the frozen section of my grocery store... And the ones I get in the restaurant uh, are completely different. What do you guys do in the restaurant that makes them really, better? 
It's very, it's very, very simple. The ones you buy in the grocery store, the directions are to bake them in the oven. At the restaurant, they put them in the deep fryer, and then they immediately put cheese and bacon, and they put them under a salamander for a minute. And that's why the ones at the restaurant are crispy, cooked all the way through, and the ones you get at the store taste like a uh, shitty baked potato with cheese and bacon on it. I swear to God, every time I go to TGI Fridays, I'm like, maybe they changed something with the frozen ones. I'll try them again to get to recreate this at home. No. And I just fuck it up every time. No. So it can't be done. Thank you for that. No. Well, you can't. You could try deep frying them at home. I have, but they, they're still not the same as in the restaurant. I only ever lived with one guy who randomly deep fried shit at four in the morning. Was it me? Yeah, it was fucking you. I don't remember anything I did when we Dude, lived. I'll never fucking forget. It was the first fucking day I lived there, <laughs> and you're like, I can't believe you're eating pepperoni on a Ritz for breakfast. Forgot about that. And I look over, and you're deep-frying fucking chicken at 4 a.m. and giving me shit. I'm like, you fat fuck, you're talking about me eating pepperoni, and you've got a fucking one dr one thing dredging fried chicken and the other one dredging corn dogs, and I'm the problem. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot all about that. I, I just deep-fried for the first time at home in, like, three years the, uh, this week. I made scotch eggs, homemade scotch eggs. And uh, it made my... Oh, they look delicious. The, they're fucking fantastic. But it's a lot of work for not a lot of yield. And oh, yeah. it made my trailer just smell like a grease pit for like four days straight. That's how, how I feel about making beef wellington. It tastes amazing, but it's a lot of fucking work, dude. Mm. Oh, yeah. and, it, and it's not cheap on the second side of things. What's my yeah. favorite thing you make, John? The green clams. Ooh, I like linguine and clams. I would, I would come home from work at nights, and John would like leave me a note saying like I made a big pot of linguine and clams and and like white sauce, white wine sauce or whatever. And uh, most I, people do white, most people do white wine sauce. My recipe is different because I don't use white wine. I go more of a French technique and use a lot of butter, and that's why mine is delicious and uh, tastes better. <laughs> I remember it being good, fresh, but when you would leave pots of it with notes for me in the fridge, like no, no, I, no, no. it's always better the next day. It's always better reheated the next day. I, like I, something happens to it. There are times where I'll make a big pot of it, and I will stick it right in the fucking refrigerator and just wait a day. It's the same thing when you make chili. I mean, it's always better the next day. There's a lot of science involved that none of us are qualified to talk about hey, what are you what are you gonna do to win this science fair oh i'm building a reverse microwave it runs on freon eh <laughs> I love Haggard. i'm gonna win i'm gonna win that bicycle for sure <laughs> i think that we have to talk about the most uh important thing that happened this week that is uh just something that has uh really really rocked me to my core um when, when I was a kid, uh, I often spent a lot of time alone uh, playing with my toys. And uh, there was one toy in particular, and that was uh, play, playing with Mr. Potato Head's penis was one of my favorite things to do as a child. And uh, now, now, now they have stripped Mr. Potato Head of his penis, and uh, it is uh, it's very, very upsetting to me. I just... So, I just wanted to get 
guys' uh, opinion on that. I'm going to uh, give that, you my that, opinion uh, on that. So, did anyone actually read what they're doing? It's just genderless. They, it's no, no. There's still Mr. Potato Head. There's still Mrs. Potato Head. And but the potato, potato baby head. is genderless. Literally, the potato child they come with is genderless. It's just a fucking potato. I read stories that I find fascinating, and some that I find horrifying. So, there's a story, and you can look this up. This isn't bullshit. There's this Japanese artist, and for his performance arts piece, he cut off his penis and cooked it and fed it to people. Because he was asexual, and he decided he didn't need it. And people gladly ate this. Look it up. Paul, if you Google it, please. Why would I want to do that? <laughs> I came, I came it's not like he was on Broadway, because he could only ago. do one performance of that bit. I read the article, I'm like, okay, I, I gotta be, like, reading... I, I thought I was reading, like, the synopsis to a horror film. But no, this just actually happened. And, yeah, he just did it. Mao Sugiyami, a self-described asexual from Tokyo, cooked up, cooked up, seasoned, and served his own genitalia to five diners at a swanky banquet in Japan last month. In most cases, asexual is a word used to describe a person who is non-sexual. He was 22 when he did this. Um, this happened in 2012. 22? He was 22 when he did this. 160 yen... Uh, the genitalia was garnished with mushrooms and parsley. Um, and here is a picture. It's young! Ah! Ew, mushrooms are gross. I don't like parsley, personally. That's what you took from that. I don't mind eating dick, but mushrooms is where I draw the hey, line. Hard times is hard times, my friend. Before... Now, okay, before tucking into dinner... Before tucking into dinner... Guests sat down to listen to a piano recital and take part in a panel discussion. Mao, who goes by the nickname HC, had initially considered eating his own penis, but decided to serve them up instead. He cooked the genitals himself as he was supervised by a chef. In a tweet, he offered to cook his penis for a guest for 800 yen. However, he ultimately decided to split the meal between six guests. <laughs> I Bob, can't I'm gonna, Bob, I'm gonna stop this. you right there. Ever since you said the words, has the guest tucked in for dinner, all I can picture is an Asian Buffalo Bob, like, going like this, saying, I'd fuck me, would you fuck me, and then I haven't heard anything you said since. Yeah, it's... Goodbye, horses. Crying over you. Wouldn't it be like... The no, organs like, were searching. horses. Oh my god. Man, I could have gone the rest of my life without ever hearing that fucking story. <laughs> but absolutely fine. Well, so, I mean, I look. This, this, this is what I've sacrificed my only fucking day off for to talk no. about a Japanese dude fucking serving up his penis. I got shit to fucking yes. do, guys. So here's the thing. Here's about art. You're an artist, John. So w when we talk about performance art <laughs> or fine art. You know, when that guy... <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an artist? No, I'm a fat dude who plays guitar. I'm gonna call myself a fucking artist. Look, a guy fucking took a banana... I got my finger on my ass. I wouldn't say I'm a homosexual either. Like, I... <laughs> 
if I go out and kill a bunch of people tonight, but look, my dog told me to. I can say I, that I, all I, I want. That's okay. Yeah. It's not like the cops are oh, fuck, I love your dog, so you know what? Good for you. Point yeah, it's a great, it's a great dog. Point of privilege, point of privilege. But to that speaking, the more we socially accept this, how are laws made? Laws are made by we elect representatives to go into chambers and then create new laws. In California, they've already swallowed their state with, with this new woke agenda, identity politics, and there's already a state senator in California who's trying to pass a law to allow sex at any age with any age. That's what I'm saying. It, it's The more this takes on but mainstream... See that, see that, but right there, what you just said, they're trying to. That won't happen. You know, but it could. Once the numbers it, are there, it could. It, and my dick could grow three more inches today, but it's not going to fucking happen. You know, I mean, there are certain things that could happen, but the chances of them happening are really fucking slim. Like, well, we I, could I, all I know, this podcast could make us money. That's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, I'm just being realistic here. I mean, just because something can happen doesn't mean it will, and it certainly doesn't mean it should. As far as laws go, you can make all the fucking bullshit laws you want. In the end of the day, the laws that are going to get enforced are, hey, your headlight's out. I'm going to give you a ticket. But that guy just drove past me doing 130 miles an hour in a 40. Don't worry about him. You know, it, they always go for the little shit. That's it. That's all. Fuck, fuck it all. That's all I have to say. I hope, I hope that never happens to you, Bob, and I hope you're never susceptible to a law you don't believe in. And you you pay a consequence for it. I truly mean that. And I'm not saying that sarcastically. I think we've all been susceptible to laws we don't believe in. I mean, that's that's the nature of our culture. <laughs> yes, you and know? my point is, those laws are made because once a ideology takes place in root in the legal system, in the political system, then it becomes turned into law. What I'm saying is, you're a father of a woman. Let's say the state of Florida said you can legally have sex with any age person at any time. Florida goes super progressive and woke and decides to make that a law. And then a 45-year-old has sex with your daughter. How is that going to make you feel when there's no legal recourse? Listen. Now, see, now, you're, talking is, about something, now you're talking about something totally different. Now you have to look at personal that's so, aspects. Yeah, that's it's so, so unlikely. Then you have to look at me as a human being, that person as a human being, and my daughter as a human being. So... First of all, me being a human being, I am a very violent person. I find out that happens, law be damned, I'm going to kill that human being. Fair enough. My daughter is 10. Period. And in case, just, know, just to make it abundantly clear, when it comes to anything, like I said, I really don't care. My whole goal in anything is just to protect children. I don't like it when children are victims. That's all. But... I, do I don't believe, think we're going to pass any laws that are going to victimize children. Paul. But I do believe, you know, okay. there are times that children have to be protected from themselves. You know, I've seen children do dumb shit. You know, when I was a kid, I did a lot of dumb shit that if someone would have said, hey, stupid, do your science a little better and you wouldn't have blown that kid's leg half off. You know, uh, do you do you, re do you know I grew up in an era where when I was a kid, we when Paul and I lived where we live now in Michigan, our grandparents would come up from Florida every summer and they'd spend the summer in their RV at this uh, lake, this lake trailer park. 
<laughs> and for the summer, we get to spend like the weekends with them at their RV and have campfires and go swimming and do all kinds of fun shit. And when I was a kid and went there during the summer, I made friends with other kids from all over the country that were coming there to visit. And they introduced me into doing like the worst shit. Like I grew up in an era where like it, it was nothing to pick up a half smoked cigarette butt and just light it up at like 11, 12, 13. Like we didn't have anybody looking out for us. And, and I'm not saying we turned out great. We obviously turned out fucked up, but I mean, like, I, I don't like, I don't know. I, I don't actually have an opinion on this. I don't have kids and I don't give a fuck about kids. So continue. At that age, I was <laughs> at that age. I was the guy who was going around to the hood of Cadillacs, twisting three times and ripping off the hood ornament, oh, yeah. and making necklaces. Been there, done that. You know, been there, done that. Sorry, residents of San Carlos Park, Florida. Sir. Right. I was, I was too busy trying to see boobs, get a glimpse of a girl in a bikini. Like I don't know, at eleven, dude. I like girls early. Some shit went down, but yeah, I, I was into girls pretty early on. Same. No, 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 no. Let, let, let's 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 backtrack. Let's let's run it back a second there. You're not my therapist. Move on. What went down early, Doug? I saw my first like live naked girl. Like, when did we live on PV, Paul? Like, oh, when no, I like 88, 87? From when I, the year I was born, eighty-five to ninety-three. So it would have been like eighty between eighty-seven and ninety-three, I guess. I I would probably. Put it a little towards the later end of of, of the eighties, early nineties, because I was really young. But yeah, I saw my first naked girl, and it 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 did. I'll be I'll be honest, like it like I remember seeing my first naked girl, and then like a few months later, like some dude brought a bunch of penthouse and hustlers and was selling pages out of them for a buck a page on the playground. I remember buying a bunch of those, and I I bought a fucking page out of a hustler that was an advertisement. For porno VHS tapes, and it was just like literally eighty different tiny little thumbnails of porn tapes with nude women on them going all across. And it had, there was one page that had just has nothing but ebony women and and Latin women. And I I bought that. I remember like sneaking in my room in the dark with a flashlight, thinking my parents were gonna wake up and catch me. Looking at a page of fucking VHS box art for fuck's sake, man. So, so just to give like a kind of representation of what it's like growing up up here, and it's weird because I'm going to use a movie that's based out of Texas. Varsity Blues is a great depiction of what living life up here is like. It's a it's pretty accurate representation of like the lifestyle. And it's funny what Doug brought up about the whole porno mags. There's lots of stories that I'm sure as we do more episodes, we'll get into of me screwing Doug over and Doug screwing me over. One of the fantastic things about about what Doug's told is he would fold up all of his nudie mags, he'd rip the sheets out, fold them up, and put them in battery compartments for all of his toys. <laughs> and, that, and, and that's how he would hide them. And I knew this. And one time he pissed me off beyond belief, and I totally fucking ratted him out. And, like, he came home from school, and, like, my dad had all the toys laid out, battery packs pulled off, with just a stack of porn. And this would have been 92? 91, 92? So All I know is my dad made me write in a composition notebook 5,000 fucking times, like, Chinese water torture. Excuse me. Uh, Eastern water torture. Or whatever. Um... <laughs> And he made me write 5,000 times, I will not keep smut in this house. 
And I got to tell you, that doesn't seem like it would be that big a deal. But when you got the entire summer and your dad brings you to work with him every day on your, during your summer break and makes you write in a fucking notebook. And when we did something wrong, there was a consequence that got tied to it. The only time I was ever suspended from school, I flipped off the yearbook camera. I flipped off the yearbook camera and I got suspended the day before Christmas break. So I had to, I had Christmas break off, and then I, as soon as Christmas break was over, I was suspended for two weeks. For that two weeks, we had a stack of bricks, like brownstone bricks, in our backyard. And it was three feet by three feet, and it was probably four feet high. And every day of Christmas break, I would have to dig a hole and bury the bricks in a perfect square pile. And then the next day, I'd wake up, dig the bricks up, pull them out, stack them on the earth. Then the next day, dig a hole again, and I had to do that for a month straight when I got suspended from school. Yeah, I my dad was a real off. Mr. Miyagi about teaching shit, man. I never flipped off the yearbook camera oh, again. Boy. I'm just sitting here listening to all this. I'm like, poor dog. He has so much to edit now to like 15 minutes of material so far, and we've been out for 45 minutes. I'm sorry, dog. <laughs> what's your, what's, what's your guys' favorite Green Day song? Mine's Boulevard of Broken Dreams. How about you? <laughs> My uncle worked for Virgin Records as a promotion manager uh, throughout the 90s, and he actually had to go on tour with the Smashy Pumpkins for a week. My uncle told me it was the worst week of his fucking life and that Billy Corgan is the weirdest fucking person he's ever met and had to spend time with in his life. To me, to me, Billy Corgan is currently now and has been for quite a while the living embodiment of Uncle Fester just without the fucking robe. <laughs> Kyle Gass on his Instagram posted a, a, a clip of him doing a cover of Nickelback's How You Remind Me in his version of it. I gotta say, I fucking like Nickelback now, man. Like, the fuck... He made the fucking song catchy as fuck to me, dude. I can't get it out of my head. I have two topics written down. Uh, one of them... One of them... Uh, I have a couple of them, but one of them pertains on whether or not John watched Coming to America 2 last night. Or if you watched it, Bob. If not, we shouldn't talk about it. I have not. I, I sure did. <laughs> All right. Well, then we're talking about it, Bob. <laughs> oh, I sure did. We're, we're, sa we're, we're, we're saving you some time, Bob. You won't have to watch this, yeah, Bob, <laughs> this piece of shit. Buckle up, Buttercup. Let's fucking do this. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead, Doug. This is uh, this is where the locking of the horn begins. Oh my God! Did you like it? I fucking loved it and laughed my ass off from start. To fucking finish. Thank you so much for lowering my expectations of it. That I went into it with zero expectations, and it's one of the funniest movies I've seen so far this year. I laughed my ass off through the entire thing, and I'm not joking. I fucking loved it. So go on, Percy. Let's talk about some of the geniuses of this movie. First off. Did you get the fucking Trading Places Easter egg? I sure did. Of the two lawyers. Yeah. That was fucking great. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about fucking Wesley Snipes in this movie and how fucking hilarious his character is. And his army when they're showing him trading with the fucking shake weights. I almost fucking pissed myself. It was so fucking funny. 
And then, of course, uh, the person who stole that movie, fucking Leslie Jones. Amazing, amazing in that movie. She is so fucking now, funny. I think now he's fucking phone. with me. I think now he's fucking with me. No, I'm not. I swear to God, I'm not. It was fucking great. That's that's where I will like, ah, I can say John has a point up into a point, and then it's like, oh, no. I don't know. I'm not a Leslie Jones fan, though. I didn't hate the movie. I didn't hate it. And I think in comparison to a movie made... Yeah, I... I, I didn't love it, though. It's not it's not the first one. Obviously, Doug is way more fucked with this than I am. All right, Doug, spit it out. I'm speechless, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> You're speechless. I'm, I'm fucking speechless, man. I don't think we saw the same movie, but whatever. Oh, hey. no, man, we did. He's got to go his bastard son from America, brings him back for the prince test, and, uh... The prince falls in love with his hairstylist, and just what a great timeless romantic movie! It was, it was great. It was hilarious, and Leslie Jones fucking killed it. Why, I, if you don't like Leslie Jones, okay, you don't like Leslie Jones. I, I fucking love her. I thought she was hilarious in it. Leslie Snipes was fucking hilarious in it. I don't, I don't know. I. I, I really fucking enjoyed it. I don't know what else to say. Here's what I'll say. Here, here's you my really... opinion. Here's my opinion on it. I think I think the cast did a did a fantastic job. I liked the three girls, and I liked the guy who played Akeem's son. I thought I cast wise, I thought everybody did a great job. My problem was with the writing and the story. I didn't like the story. Okay. It had its funny moments. It definitely did. It just seemed like an elongated SNL sketch to me. It's because they were black. It's because they were. It's because they were black. Paul, you could just say it. It's I literally right. just said I. I enjoyed the whole entire cast. It was nice to see Tracy Morgan again too. Yeah, Tracy Morgan again. That's great. He's all fat. Just doesn't give a shit. It was awesome. All right, Doug. So we're doing talk about the movie. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it anymore. You just deflated my entire fucking day, man. You broke my fucking spirit. I'm sorry. I was gonna text you last night when I was watching it. Like, are you out of oh. your fucking mind? But I was like, nope. We're saving for the podcast because, man, that movie was fucking hilarious. I might actually watch it again today. Put it on the background when I'm when I'm doing shit around here. Is it better than Black Dynamite? Didn't see Black Dynamite, so I have no opinion. It is, it is, it is, it is literally, it is fucking literally Nutty Professor, Nutty Professor 2, The Clumps, fucking Norbit meets Black Panther. I don't give a fuck. That's what that movie is, man. There, what made Coming to America such a great movie was the time it was made in, I guess. Maybe I'm just fucking old and outdated, man, but, like, the <coughs> vulgarity that was new to me as a kid when I first saw that, like, there's none of that in this fuck. This movie feels like a fucking made-for-ABC fucking offspring of Mixish or, or Blackish or... I said that last night, like, it doesn't feel like Coming to America. It's got the entire cast from Coming to America, but there are so many key elements missing. The fucking humor of the original movie... Uh, America. That's a big one. That one is like literally not existed in the movie. Almost for like what? Eight minutes? So you call it Coming to America 2. But it's not called no, Coming to America 2. It's coming 
to America. America is the name of the film. There's no two at the end. Oh, the fucking barber shop, man. Like, am I supposed to really believe they're still alive thirty years on? This like, was a big deal for Doug. Here. This is a big deal for Doug last night. That they didn't. It's change. a very big deal for Doug. <laughs> that they didn't well, change. Well, Here's the thing, Doug. Here's the thing, Doug. It's a movie with fictional characters. Fictional <laughs> characters. Doug, did you see me? Dirty. Did you see me? Watch it. When, when Doug shows the podcast, as you're talking, I'm going. <laughs> I use that Ben Affleck quote so much. <laughs> believe it. Believe it or not, sometimes when you watch a movie, you have to uh, suspend belief. <laughs> So great, text, okay. great so, text conversation between me and Doug last night to show you how stupid I can be at times. Doug, Doug texts me. Am I supposed to believe that the cast from the barbershop didn't age a day? And my response was, you do know that's all Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall, right? <laughs> and I'm, it was funny. Fuck you guys. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's hilarious. I, I, I'm, I'm just frozen. I'm changing, I'm changing, I'm changing the topic. I'm changing Thank the topic. God. Thank God. I'm gonna. No, okay. I, wanna, I wanna hear more. Doug, Doug had like I a laundry list. I think he said. I think he literally said. Dude, I he fucking had, he hate that wad. fucking movie. He blew his wad right there. Bob, just for your for your go into this. John loved coming to America. I was. Eh, I'm in the middle about it, and Doug mm -hmm. really hated it. I just pulled up Rotten Tomatoes. And Doug Tomato hated it. Yeah, yeah, I just pulled up Rotten Tomatoes. So Rotten Tomatoes has the two scores. They have the uh, critic score and the audience score. Critic score, which is always usually higher, mm -hmm. is 52%. So it's a Rotten Tomato. Yes. Uh, the audience score is 49%. Yeah. So also a Rotten Tomato. I think Doctor that people who use, use Rotten Tomatoes to judge if they should watch a movie or not should shampoo my crotch. Oh, I'm not saying yeah, that <laughs> have you waited that long? Have you waited that long to trim it? Yes. That's so it's movie? like you've got a serving and a headlock. The hair is longer than my dick. Put it put it that way. I don't think that takes much, but no, no. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like that. And we're talking about the curly ones. It looks, it looks like a sarlacc pit. <laughs> I go to Rotten Tomato after I've watched a movie. Because usually I disagree with critic scores, and that's what I like about Rotten Tomatoes. They separate it between professional critics and audience, and I like to see where I measure up against the two on my feelings on a movie. So I don't go to it before a movie. I didn't think it was a great movie, but it was fucking funny. It made me laugh. I think that's what a comedy is supposed to do. I think it had its well, moments. I... So I'm watching Justified, and I will, I will bet my left nut that Colt from Justified is based loosely off Mitch Hedberg. Let's never watch it. I'm talking. Just, I'm talking. Look, I, I never watched it. Bob, get on Hulu. It's a ten-year-old show. Yeah, that I, I never watched either. It's fan, and everybody told me to watch it, and I was like, "Ah, oh, it's not that good of a show." Probably. I'm now watching it. I'm on season five. It's, it's, it's fantastic. fantastic. I've been. Doug and John, TV. you both know I'm really late to all this shit. Like, look, how long did it take me yeah. to watch The Wire? You know, yeah. <laughs> I still hey. to this day I haven't watched the last episode of The Sopranos. Everyone told me how bad it was, and I was like, you know what? I, I enjoyed the show the way it was, and I didn't want to get played over it. I enjoyed it. I don't think it's how do you all feel about the continuation of Dexter? I'm going to proceed with extreme caution because that show broke my fucking heart. The last, not just the way that it ended, the whole last season 
was fucking hot garbage. That show was one of my favorite fucking shows that I watched while it was on the air. Like, every week looked fucking forward to it when it was on. And then it got to the last season, and the train went completely off the fucking rail. The fact that they're bringing it back, I'm half excited about. And the other half of me, I'm just like, please, please don't fuck this up. And please do this show justice. Because it was... A fucking amazing show. How many seasons are Good. there of Dexter? Eight. Okay, Good. I stopped Eight. watching at season four. I, I was just like John. Seasons one through four, I was glued to the TV. After season four, I don't know what happened, but I was just like, I don't even want to watch this anymore. I, I... Go ahead, Doug. I stuck with all of them, but here's the thing. is I read the books they're based off of. The guy, uh, I forget his name now, who created Dexter. Um, the guy who lives in Cape Coral, yeah. Yeah. He also did a series of Dexter comic books. Not, uh, I can't remember if they were with Marvel or not. They were, or might have been Image, or uh, they, they were with a well-known comic publisher. But they did like two offshoot series of, of, of new Dexter stories, more towards the books that were fantastic. I love, like John, the character of Dexter. I remember. I don't know if it was when either of you were living with me or if it was living by myself. But one of you got me into Dexter, or somebody got me into Dexter, or told me about it. And I remember, this is like predates my drug use. I remember laying on the couch. My favorite thing to do after work would just be laying on the couch on my side watching TV. And that's how I got sucked into Dexter. I remember the season, the, the Trinity Killer John Lithgow season, like the season finale to that. I, I literally remember getting off of I remember pull, pulling myself up off the couch and screaming at the TV. I don't remember the last time I did that for a TV show or a movie, honestly. Like, I, I got so emotionally invested in what happened to that character. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And, and there was a handful of shows around that period where I started getting that adrenaline bug of marathoning shows and getting rewarded with the awesome fin cliffhanger finale. Uh, then you had the unfortunate instance like Carnival. Um, uh, but Dexter... Uh, like John said, uh, I think the last, to me, the Trinity Killer was the last good season of that show. I stuck with it to the end. I didn't mind the, the one with Sick Boy from Train Spotting. Yeah, um, I, really, I didn't I, hate it completely, but like after it. that season, it just tanked for me. They kind of jumped the shark with the Trinity Killer. Like, let's, let's be honest. They, that was like the best season of the show. The rest of the seasons were okay. But that then you get to the final season, and it's just meh. My, my biggest issue with season eight, and this is going to... You probably won't get the reference at all, but to me, the the ending of the last shot of Dexter on the piece of machinery... I can't remember what he was driving, whether it was a bulldozer or whatever the fuck it was. Some sawmill, yeah. It was literally the ending of Eddie and the Cruisers. I'll watch it, but I have I don't have high hopes. I don't, you know, I have. I'll put it this way: I have higher hopes of the Snyder cut of Justice League. I'm gonna leave it at that. I'm so fucking ready for that four-hour opus. I can't wait to see Dark Seed on the on the fucking big well on my screen. I can't fucking wait, and I want. I I'm hoping to God there's more footage of Green Lanterns, and I really am curious to see the new version of Jared Leto's Joker and how yeah, that plays into it. Favorite fictitious band in a movie or TV show? Uh, where's Fluffy? We got sex babam. That, that's actually my favorite. Where's Fluffy? <laughs> where's Fluffy? I use just because of how funny it is.
Mine's a toss-up between, is it Night Dogs from Almost Famous? No. Uh, no. The song is Fever Dog. Um, but the band is... Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. I'm pissed off that I can't remember. Stillwater, Jesus. Stillwater. Uh, it's between that and uh, Geech and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. I don't know what that band. It's uh, from That Thing You Do. Oh, Jesus. The, the Oneaters. It, it, it's the fictitious band who played a fictitious band in a movie. Where's Fluffy just for the fact that, one, you never hear the band's music, and two, the only time you see the band is you see their feet as they're walking down to the stage and the movie ends. So I love that because you never once hear their song. I changed my answer. I forgot. My favorite fictitious band from a movie is the Eradicators from Rock and Roll High School Forever. Okay. Matter of fact, here, I don't know if you guys can see this, but there they are. There's Corey Feldman in all his glory rocking out with the band, the Eradicators! Favorite Corey Feldman movie that's not The Lost Boys, Stand By Me, or Goonies, go. Uh, Rock and Roll High School Forever. If you've never seen this movie, I, I, to this day, I watch this movie once Light, a month. It's Light so entertaining. Light dream a little dream. Dream a little dream's Fuck good. Mine's like License to Drive. License to Drive. Yeah, without a That's a good one, too. The Burbs, the Burbs is pretty good. Burbs is License good. to Drive is good. I, I, there's, there's something about Corey Feldman and Dream a Little Dream and all his Michael Jackson regalia that just makes me want to watch it. If you think that, if you that makes you want to watch that, you need to watch Rock and Roll High School Forever because he's all he does is dress up like Michael Jackson from the fucking bad era. His hair is teased up in a ponytail off to the side. He's got. He plays a high school student who shows up to high school wearing studded fucking leather outfits like Michael Jackson. Like, like a kid would wear that to fucking school in the fucking 90s. Oh, it's a great movie, man. It's so cool. But my favorite Corey Feldman movie without any rules or regulations would be Stand By Me. John, John, call a point of privilege. He can't take it away from you. Call a point of privilege. <laughs> John got it first. John got it first. So I listened to a Don Coscarelli interview with Mick Garris, and I did not realize that Phantasm was his third feature film. His first feature first film, he was 19 years old. Penny Company, right? I believe so. It's one. Of, it's a really good movie. It's a fun childhood. If you grew up in like the seventies and the eighties, that's a fun movie to watch. It'll it'll make you feel like a kid again. This has no bearing on anything. I just found it really interesting. Half of these really famous directors that we all know and love that are horror directors, it so far at least half are vegan, which I find very interesting. One of them said, "Yeah, the reason I'm vegan is he's like you know." All the shit I do on my films, and it's so much worse what happens in a slaughterhouse. And I was like, really? I watched heads explode in your film. You know, whatever. Yeah, but, it was a little bizarre. Yeah, it was, it was, I thought it was a weird statement. I mean, if, you, if you're vegan, that whatever. You have your reasons, I get it. But I've seen some pretty awful shit in horror films. I was thinking of both of you guys this morning. I was watching, uh, I hadn't seen it in a while, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I, I forgot how much I made One of my favorite comedies of all time. I don't care how many times I can see yep. that movie, it's still funny to me every single fucking time. There, it's still yeah. funny to me every single I remember, time. I remember, I wasn't talking to Doug at the time it came out, um, when Chinese Democracy came out. 
I actually like that album. (laughs) I love that fucking album. I don't care what anybody says. But there's a there's a there's a line that he sings on the album, and I sent a clip of that line to John, and I'm like, "Tell me this isn't vocally the same performance as Dracula's Lament at the end of the fucking movie because it's it's the same melody and it's the same tone of voice." And I'm like, "What the fuck?" And if I see Van Helsing, I swear to the gods, yeah. I will slay him. <laughs> it, was, it was exactly that, but it was Axl Rose singing it. And I was like, what oh, the so fuck just good. And, and, so and that good. movie, that movie is so good and so funny. And it's weird because it is funny on its own, but it spawns an even funnier fucking movie with Get Him to the Greek. Like that whoa, movie whoa, is... whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, Did you just say yeah. Get Him to the Greek was funnier? Maybe not funnier. I maybe Maybe a more I fascinating like, I, movie. More fascinating I like, movie. I, I like Get Into the Greek just fine, but it's no forgetting Sarah Marshall. I, I'm with John on this one. I like yeah. Get Into the Greek, but I wouldn't put it at the same level. You'll probably like yeah. Coming to America too. then. I quit. I give up. <laughs> My favorite part of Get Into the Greek was literally when they fucking gave him the adrenaline shot. I'm alive! His, his girlfriend has been working like four days in a row as a nurse at the hospital and she comes home and she's trying to eat like a McMuffin and falling asleep at the table like mid-bite and he's like what are you doing later tonight? She's like I just want to sleep for like 24 hours. He's like come on I got tickets to go see Mars Volta and then puts Mars Volta it <laughs> <laughs> uh, movie has so, so many funny points and also, also to be quite honest, the, my favorite part of that movie is Sean Puffy Combs, man. Like yeah, it. I was about to say, I hate Puff Daddy so Yeah, but he much. stole that but movie. Jeffrey, man. Yeah, he stole <laughs> that I have, movie. I have, four, I have four black kids. See how many pairs of Nike Air Jordans that is that I have to buy? <laughs> I need a hit. I need, I need someone to pop off here. And I don't know if you'll remember this, John. There was a controversy. Was it two years ago? Maybe it was three. You know how... The NFL draft works, right? On ESPN, they decided for some unknown reason that it would be funny and entertaining to do a fantasy draft. But they literally had pictures of these people like they were auctioning them off slave style. That's not good optic. Yeah, they got a lot of flack. I don't remember this. About halfway through the show, like, the tweets started blowing up, and they're like, yeah, and then it was like dead air. Like, that show got canceled, like, mid-show. They're like, and we'll bid this much money for this player, and they were doing it like that, and I'm like, oh, so, not, not a good show. Yeah, that's not a good look. But to kind of, like, stray off of that a little bit and make it a little less awkward, uh, I've gone down a huge rabbit hole this week on YouTube. I don't know why. About Doink, Doink the Clown? No, no, no. I watch. There was a. I haven't watched Major League Baseball in years, but for some reason I got. That is reco- boring as fuck. I got recommended a like a highlight MLB thing, and I was like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'll watch a highlight reel, and it, it it spawned this rabbit hole of like I was I kept watching videos of like trick plays, great double double plays, stuff like that, and I thought of John because after hours of watching MLB shit. Uh, there was one that was uh, NFL trick plays, and I was like, "Ooh!" And like the fourth fourth trick play in it was Mitch Trubisky lined up as a receiver, and he caught a touchdown as a, lined up as a receiver. And I was like, "Oh man!" 
So YouTube made me think of Paul this morning. <laughs> so at 3 a.m., YouTube suggested me, for whatever reason, the life and times of the one, two, three kid. Sean Waltman. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'll fucking funny. watch that. That's funny. And I watched it, and I'm like, why the fuck am I watching this? <laughs> and what I remember the one, two, three kid. And I'm like, I didn't know that dude was X Pac. I have no clue. He had a bunch of alter yeah. egos. Yep. Dude, I, I watched Dick. wrestling when I was a kid and not after, so I was like, oh, that's the dude who went on the surreal life and did the sex tape with that Lauren. China yep. lady. China, Jody Lauren. Yeah. He's got big dick. And I was like, I bet that, I'm like, I bet that's on Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll go down those rabbit holes. So me, so me and Doug are starting... Wait a, minute, so wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Point of privilege, point of privilege. Who has the big dick, China or X-Pac? <laughs> she, she has a large clip. Or at least while she was juicing. All right, ask me, ask me random wrestling questions. Let's see if I can get one out of ten. Who came out with a stuffed animal and pretended to be mentally challenged and had a green tongue and was hairy as shit? What was that wrestler's name? He's a big I, fan. I, I can see him, but I can't. I don't. Uh... I'll give you another clue. He was also uh, I played played a character uh, in uh, Tim Burton's Ed Wood. Played a very famous Ed character from, from Plan 9. What's crazy I is, I, I, I took my headset off when he I, started this question, and I only caught the last, like, second of it, and I already know who it is. I, I don't know, but I know who you're talking about. George the <laughs> Animal Steel. Yep. Yeah, I, 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 I can picture the guy. He's hairy as fuck. He literally would come out acting like a, like a simpleton, like a child. Okay, that's one wrong. The doors had no base like the gypsies had no homes. Oh Jesus Christ! You can't say gypsy anymore. Um, what do you say? You can't say gypsy. <coughs> joke. All right, John. Who's your favorite bass player? Favorite bass player? Mm-hmm. Of all time? Not no, most technically no, proficient, proficient. Just your just favorite. Cliff Burton. Really? really? Cliff Burton, hands down. That dude was that dude was the Jimi Hendrix a bass player, a bass player, and, and yeah, there'll never be nothing like him again. Mine is Paul Rudd. Slap the bass, slap the bass. He, he does slap, slap the, the bass. bass. <laughs> I know everyone here has seen Superbad and enjoyed it. Correct? Yes, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. One of the best movies. Have any of you seen Booksmart? No. Mm -hmm. You should all watch Booksmart. What's it on? It's on Hulu right now. It's basically the young female version of Superbad. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I've seen advertisements. It was for that. funny okay. as fuck, dude. I'm going to end the podcast on this note. Um, John, have you been listening to the Kristen Makes a Podcast? I have, but I haven't listened to anything this season because the guests he had on, I haven't really cared about. Like the Mark McGrath one. That is a fucking great one, but anyway. No, I, I, heard, I, I heard I'm going to. It's on my list, but, but yes, I listened so to every episode the prior yet. to the, So you haven't heard uh, the Fat Mike one yet? No, I think I listened to the Fat Mike one. So you, you know about Linoleum? Yes. yes. Have you seen the video for Linoleum? Yes, where it's all the different bands covering that song. That is the, the biggest fuck you right. ever. That is such a troll move. So, Doug, 
Fat Mike wrote a song called Linoleum to replace their biggest song, Linoleum. He's like, we're going to retire it. And it's a song about how he never gave a shit about writing this famous song. And in the video, they've got Avenged Sevenfold playing the instruments. And then it cuts the live performances of all these shitty bands covering Linoleum over the years. And it is fucking hilarious. Just watching Fat Mike, like... And I, no. I tell you, I forgot Avenged Sevenfold was even a band until you just said it. I forgot they existed. I've never listened to them. Uh, never wanted to. Have you, have you ever actually tried but, uh, to nail something into stone? I'm sure I have. Um, I mean, it's usually yeah, becomes like a, it usually becomes like a chisel type instrument. Chisel. <laughs> <laughs> and now, and now for deep thoughts with Bob Ripperdan, with Robert Ripperdan, Robert <laughs> Lee Ripperdan Jr. Sir. Robert Lee Ripperdan, Jesus, you are the fucking liar. You have the most Confederate sounding name I've ever heard. Robert in my the life. worst. You should shave your entire beard and just have like the upper chops going into the mustache, like that, <laughs> like the old right. Southern Civil War guys. You want to see something <laughs> truly horrifying? I found a picture of me from seven years ago when I decided to shave. Yes, go, please go out and get my wig. Please, be, please be at a Civil War reenactment in a gray uniform. <laughs> Alright, alright, I'm going to show you guys. Oh uh, this is horrible. Uh, uh. Oh my god! <laughs> you look like Joe Exotic in the first early parts when he was his career when he didn't have any facial hair. You look like Joe Exotic! <laughs> I'm fucking mortified. Right? Oh my god. I am mortified. That is fucking terrifying. Oh, Bob, don't ever do that again, man. Oh, oh. God. <laughs> Dude, you look like you should be on some kind of sex offender registry. <laughs> oh, my God. That was the first <laughs> comment on the post when God. I posted it. I was going to say, I was going to say, it looks like they should build a Netflix special about the, all the crimes you committed. <laughs> <laughs> Next week on top, of, uh, next week on the back of the couch, there's just bags of lollipops and gummy bears and shit and lime. <laughs> just bags of lime. Oh my god, oh, that picture's horrifying, man. That's a good place to stop, guys. I love you. Love Enjoy you the, too, brother. Have a good one, guys. Have a good weekend, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Talk to you later. Yes. Now I'm gonna go eat breakfast. <laughs>